This is Frontrunner, the weekly grain marketing update from Frontier Agriculture. Hello, you're listening to Frontrunner and I'm Lucinda Redgate. I'm a farm trader working with Frontier's Northern Sales team. As always, our market update has been written by experts across the business. Let's get started with this week's report. Wheat Markets Today's wheat update has been written by Head of Grain Pool Marketing, Simon Ingle. Simon notes that so far, 2024 has been a bad year for wheat prices under the weight of world grain. This is now heavier according to the International Grains Council, who raised its latest world corn production estimate by 4 million tonnes to a total of 1.234 billion tonnes, now 71 million tonnes up on last year. World wheat production was left unchanged at 788 million tonnes. London wheat futures have lost over 16% of their value since the end of last year, and they struck a new contract low earlier this week. Subsequently, a spell of short covering for world markets delivered a £7 a tonne gain and signalled a pause in declining prices. Growers who had set triggers in Frontier's MyFarm online pricing system were notified of this and were able to take advantage of the short reversal in trend. There seems no obvious reason for the sharp price rally, but speculative managed money funds have near record short positions in world agricultural markets and decided to take some profits with prices now at their lowest for over two and a half years. European markets were encouraged by EU weekly wheat export data, which showed an impressive 1.249 million tonne jump on the previous release 10 days ago. Shipments to the 13th of February are put at 19.896 million tonnes, now just 900,000 tonnes behind last year, although data is still thought to be incomplete. The actual wheat export pace could be ahead of where it was a year ago. French vessel loading is brisk and with 20 weeks of the season to go, shifting the EU surplus looks less of a challenge than it has looked previously. On the bearish side of the coin, EU wheat imports hit 5.831 million tonnes, with two thirds of that coming from Ukraine. More upbeat forecasts for Russia 2024 crop potential and exports does little to help build any forward bullish confidence. Analysts see Russian 2024 wheat production rising to 93 million tonnes. Russia says it will export 52.9 million tonnes this season. The country will need to be fiercely competitive to achieve this, and it expects to ship another 48.1 million tonnes next season. The Romanian port of Constanta has seen a 38% fall in Ukrainian grain exports during January in comparison to last year as Ukraine's own Black Sea ports became more effective. Ukrainian grain exports between the 1st and the 15th of February were well ahead of last year. 3.1 million tonnes up from 2.2 million tonnes. This highlights the return towards a more normal pre-war operation level of throughput at Black Sea ports. Heavy rain and delayed plantings leave the 2024 French wheat crop in its worst condition for four years. Crop ratings sit at just 68% rated good to excellent, which is significantly behind last year at 93%. This currently offers little market support as the weight of all crop supplies continues to be the dominant price driver. UK all crop feed wheat prices remain too high to be export competitive. 
a price of £150 a tonne delivered port might secure shipping trade. But for farmers that have cash and space, a carry to the 2024 season looks a more attractive alternative. London November 24 premiums to May 24 trades are at approximately £18 a tonne as a UK 2024 wheat crop potential worsens by the day. UK spring drilling is becoming a concern given the recent continuous rain across most of the British Isles, leaving saturated fields in a condition as bad as they have been all winter. Barley markets. Today's barley update has been written by grain trader Alex Nashev, who works with the grain trading team in Lincolnshire. Alex mentions all crop feed prices have continued to slide another 2 to 3% this week. Ex-farm prices are now under £150 a tonne in all parts of the country, which has slowed farm supply. This period can typically be quiet even without the current price dynamics. The demand side has also been subdued as compounders are reluctant to seek cover, while feed grain prices proceed lower. Barley's discount to wheat has reduced as future markets have fallen more than physical barley. This could be another factor curtailing demand as compounders seek imports that are cheaper relative to wheat. With a sizeable barley tonnage yet to be exported and insufficient carry in the market for growers to roll tonnage to new crop, it will be interesting to see whether UK prices continue lower and find export demand, or if the carry increases to the point where rolling old crop tonnages become a more feasible option. Spring barley planting continues to be delayed by rain this week, particularly in England with over 20 mil of rain falling across the country and up to 60 mil in the southwest and southern Wales. If this level of participation persists into March, it's possible that spring crops would be planted late, increasing the risk of drought during key growing stages. New crop barley has a smaller discount to wheat than old crop, but that is shrinking due to there being more compound buyers than farm sellers of new crop. If barley remains cheap relative to wheat, then it will maintain its pace in compounder rations into crop 24. Oilseeds Markets Today's oilseed rape update has been written by oilseed product head James Needham, who works with the grain trading team in Lincolnshire. James says on the week rapeseed markets are relatively unchanged, as European markets are mostly quiet. In the UK, some farm volumes have been trading after we sustained levels of around £350 a tonne X farm, as the domestic seller starts to increase their pace in comparison to their European counterparts. EU rape seed crushing reached a record of 12.7 million tonnes in the period of July to December 2023. Unfortunately for prices, there is little scope for this trend to continue in the second half of the season, as crushing margins take a turn for the worst. Other oilseed markets have also been relatively dull and are trading around multi-year lows this week as no new markets moving data has been presented. In the soybean market, it's now very unlikely there will be a shortage of beans in 2024, with estimates of South American crop sizes more confident. Pulses Markets Today's Pulses update is presented to you by Pulses manager Andy Burry. Hi, I'm Andy Berry, recently back from the NFU conference. I was kindly asked to present a paper on the challenges and opportunities of growing sustainable protein. So, following on from technical expert uh, Steve Belcher from the PGRO, who uh, addressed the audience with lots of details about bean varieties and yields and progress in that, in that direction, um, it was uh, then for my, my part of my presentation. 
And the main points I highlighted uh, in the presentation was the size of the UK faba bean crop uh, compared to other crops around the world. Uh, in the UK, we have a crop size of between 650 to 700,000 tonnes, uh, which is by far the, the largest producer of beans actually in the world. Um, Australia coming second, at around 400 to 500,000 tonnes, and then the Baltic states uh, currently producing somewhere in the region of 120 to 150,000 tonnes. Uh, there are bigger producers elsewhere, but the beans that they produce uh, in China and Ethiopia are all consumed domestically, so they don't actually come to the to the UK market. And the UK market uh, has been extremely strong uh, for bean demand this year, and we've seen a big uptake uh, in in demand by uh, animal feed compounders, principally looking to try and replace soya in some of cattle rations, particularly in dairy rations, um, where the interest is uh, to reduce the soya uh, and to replace it with domestically grown protein, uh, principally a combination of oilseed rape meal and UK faba beans. And then in the last six months, we've seen even more development through into pork and poultry markets, all with the same impact of increasing the demand uh, for UK faba beans domestically uh, by 25 to 30 percent year on year. One other market which we are very much involved in is in aquaculture. Uh, and our, our plant in Ruddington is one of the largest single delivery points for beans in the UK, where we're dehulling beans. And then those beans are going up to feed mills uh, to make salmon feed, uh, which we then move up to Norway and to the north of Scotland. So following on from the presentation, we had a very good answer and question time um, and really uh, excellent questions from the audience. Uh, one good question was, why do we value beans at a premium to wheat when in actual fact uh, the value of beans are really more comparable to mid-range proteins? And that certainly uh, is, a, is, is a good question. The reason being is at the beginning of the season, our European uh, import uh, customers are really looking and demanding uh, values which they then compare with their French Matif. Uh, once those contracts have been exhausted, then later on in the season, we do relate back to uh, values compared to other mid-range proteins. Uh, the other good question is, why don't we have um, good demand for human consumption beans in the UK? And principally, we the minimal demand that we have for uh, beans for whole consumption uh, is far exceeded by the demand for chickpeas. Uh, there is a small snack bean market, um, but which is very niche and, and really isn't going to take any great vol uh, volume. And the question of price volatility and yield variability has always been a challenge for growers. Um, we do have some mechanisms which we can help with price volatility. Some of our premium over buyback contracts and actually marketing uh, beans through the frontier bean pool have been a good way uh, for farmers to avoid that price volatility. Uh, yield variability has always been a challenge with beans. 
We do know certain growers uh, who have consistently yield high yields of beans, regularly four and a half to five and a half tonnes a hectare, which compares very favourably when we look against the UK national average of only 3.2 to 3.7 tonnes a hectare. So all in all, a a positive meeting, uh, very pleased to be invited um, by the NFU, Matt Cully from the Combinable Crops Board, and Luke Cox is the senior policy advisor for the NFU. Uh, so a very interesting session and, and thoroughly enjoyed uh, by myself. And I think most of the audience got something out of it. Thank you very much. Fertiliser Markets. Today's fertiliser update has been written by Kerry Buterman, who is our fertiliser commercial lead in the South. Kerry states Egyptian urea values are marginally lower this week, but with no impact to UK market prices, which are still valued below true replacement costs. The UK urea market is slow due to some growers still looking to finalise cropping decisions. Urea importers are reluctant to commit further volumes into the UK due to the slowing of demand from the farm gate, but also the arrival times of new vessels. These will be likely beyond the end of March, which is when the urea stewardship scheme begins in England. Whilst gas prices remain low both in the UK and across Europe, AN supplies remain tight for the spring. This is due to manufacturing plants curtailing production across Europe, and the UK has seen less imported AN arrive since September 2023 in comparison to the previous year. Some European plants are beginning to restart production, but it's believed the tonnage will be predominantly serviced Europeans' domestic markets once demand picks up. UK AN Nitram is still available for April-May delivery. Where circumstances allow and given current ground and weather conditions, applications of UAN are taking place across some regions in a moderate manner. A full portfolio of grades are available for those with storage capacity within their tanks on farm. Whether this be to fulfil an existing order or where additional volume is required off the back of revised cropping. This includes MPK grades for growers with the requirements on root or cereal crops this spring. Delivery turnaround remains prompt for those with tank capacity. UAN values remain unchanged in the UK marketplace and continue to offer good value for readily available nitrogen and nitrogen sulphur products. P&K demand remains buoyant and the potash market remains stable with no changes to report in terms of pricing levels. The phosphate market is stable and prices remain firm. The main supplier of DAP to the UK is reported to be sold out for March shipment, so it's worth securing tonnage. Requirements tend to be in smaller volumes, therefore delivery timescales can be extended. It's also worth noting that good quality MPK compounders are likely to see a gap in product availability. This was Frontrunner for Thursday the 22nd of February. Thank you to Simon, Alex, James and Ian Kerry for their insights. We hope you'll join us again next week for another Grey Market Update. If you'd like help with any aspect of your grain marketing, please get in touch by visiting our website at www.frontierag.co.uk or if you're a customer, you can speak to your local Frontier contact. Don't forget, all Frontier customers have free access to online grain trading and live 24-hour market pricing through MyFarm. Links to more information as well as to our blog and socials can be found in the description notes for this episode. Thank you for listening.